0: happy new year out there in electric liberty land everyone yes we celebrate here in electric liberty land done the same basic calendar as all of you out there in the rest of the world so happy 2020 and as this is the first preamble of 2020 for this electric liberty land episode number 157 i would encourage all of you to get your asses into the pride yeah join up a lot of you have already jumped on there i just released a brand new episode of do nothing man uh which is uh, very exciting the origin story of do nothing man my libertarian superhero character we've still got several episodes of degenerate gamblers to go through we've got conspiracy corners to go through we've got live debate coverage well i mean not live of us watching the debate but you can watch us live discussing the debate i think there's like four of those mother effers coming up so, anyway, jump on it, people. www.patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Welcome to Electric Liberty
1: Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host,
0: Brian McWilliams. Yo! What shake and bacon? Yes, this is the first show of twenty twenty. Lions of Liberty coming at you, January first of the twenty twenty year. When I, you know, I know everybody's saying this, but where are the robot prostitutes? Where are they? We've got sex dolls that look close enough to the real thing. Can we get some motors in there? Can we get some gyros in there? Maybe a little AI. I know Andrew Yang is terrified of the robots stealing our jobs, and I know for a fact that actually. Sex dolls are stealing jobs from prostitutes. Although, of course, Andrew Yang doesn't want to legalize prostitution, uh, which is just idiotic. And he's completely wrong about it. But uh, yeah, it was like I was reading a story about Germany or Sweden or something where they've got the brothlers, legalized brothels. And people go in and they actually prefer to go in and have sex with a doll for like 20 euro rather than the 50 to have a real woman. <laughs> people, they also do half and half. So they go in. They'll have the real hooker there. Uh, or the real uh, sex worker, whoever you want to call him. I don't you know, I don't want to be derogatory here. But you got the real sex worker in there, and she gets like 30 euro, because the guy only, you know, he like fiddles with her, and then he bangs the sex doll, and he takes turns. It's crazy. And it's a brand new world, everybody. Still no flying cars, still no transporters, but at least the apocalyptic visions of so many filmmakers, you know, it's like half the movies you watch, Demolition Man and Terminator, all these things, gloom and doom as of the year twenty twenty. And yet none of it has happened. And also, we haven't uh, succumbed to flooding. We haven't succumbed to uh, tornadoes. The the world hasn't turned into a dust bowl yet, as our environmentally conscious uh, sky is falling. People would have us believe as well. Anyway, welcome to Electric Liberty Land. I am Brian McWilliams. This is episode number 157. Uh, It's going to be a short show, staying on brand, mostly because, you know, when you've got long holiday breaks and you know, this year, the way the schedule worked out, of course, I had my show on Christmas. Now my show's on New Year's Day, which means I need to record it. Uh, the Christmas show I pre recorded, but this one, trying to focus on current events, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get it done. You know, in the week leading up to it, I'll, I'll record it, no problem. But man, when you got like a week of nothing, it's hard to keep track of the days. And I completely lost track of what day it was until I was just at the gym. About 45 minutes ago, trying to sweat out booze from the night before, uh, make sure that my body is in tip top shape to imbibe as much alcohol as possible. Tonight on uh, New Year's Eve, when I'm recording this, I'm there sweating it out. And then all of a sudden I go, "Ah, shit, what day is it? Oh, shit, it's Tuesday. Oh, shit, I got to do a show. (laughs) So I ran home and um, I have a few stories I'll talk through. And then I'm going to put in at the end, because I, you guys, you know, I mentioned Do Nothing Man at the beginning of the show, how I just uh, put a new one out, episode number six of Do Nothing Man. But I am also going to include on the second half of this show, Do Nothing Man, episode number four. So those of you who might not have heard of it before can get a taste of that, what it's all about, and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy it so that will uh, round out the show a little bit more. will will just be a, a 30 minutes and done Because that's about what I'm going to do as uh, I still have to get ready to go out. I'm literally recording. as like 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve. So, uh, hey, cheers, guys. Ting. That was my martini glass hitting the microphone. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. All right. So first things first, I don't, you know, I haven't done a lot of Rand Paul talk. And really, I just, I haven't seen a lot of Rand Paul in the news. Mostly because everybody's been focused on. This horseshit impeachment nonsense, and of course Rand is is pretty good on that, saying this is just this is all nonsense. He's been good on the entire Russian collusion narrative, saying it's nonsense and fighting back on it. But Rand is has gotten quite notable coverage for doing his Festivus coverage of all of the government waste that is spent over the year, and he puts together a fantastic report, which uh, I'll link to this. Um, I'm reading a Washington Examiner story that goes through and kind of summed it up for me. But I'll link to it so you can go through and get the actual report on his Twitter feed. But once again, Rand Paul's come up with some great stuff. And it really comes to the forefront. What well, You know, we're talking about impeachment, right? This impeachment thing for quid pro quo, for supposed, alleged quid pro quo with Ukraine, which never really happened because the Ukrainians had no idea money for their military was being withheld. But of course, why are we giving the Ukrainians billions of dollars anyway to support their military? Another question. But at least that's something we could argue Okay, it's for national defense, quote, unquote, national defense. Then you look at all the money that has been compiled going to the most idiotic, just no chance in hell they can ever help America's interest in any way, programs that are are being rolled out by the State Department, uh, by the uh, Department for International Development or the Agency of International Development. Like I'll run through a couple of these highlights that the Washington Examiner has from Rand's report. So here's one, $16 million sending international students from Indonesia, South Africa, India, Brazil, and elsewhere to college for free. Now, again, this isn't here in the United States. These aren't people that we're bringing in here that are the best of the best that we're saying, okay, well, I guess we'll, you know, we'll bring them here, but then they have to work here. Some sort of quid pro quo, if you will, of we, we pay for your college, but then you come in the United States and you provide us with the learn you know, the manpower, uh attracting you know to 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 cease the brain drain kind of thing and try to get the best talent here developing our own industries or working in you know whatever they're gonna work on that's not what this is. They are literally just sending tax money overseas to send children to schools in other countries for free. That's it. there's no strings attached just yet go, go ahead, have fun. here you go. Here's the money from Uncle Sam. Tell people about it, you know tell people how how we're great in the meantime though. We're also going to be spending seven hundred eighty billion dollars over here, just bombing the living shit out of everyone around you, and possibly even your own country. But you know, these couple these couple nations, we're going to put your kids through college. Just just lovely. How about this one? the uh, The U.S. Agency for International Development spent twenty million teaching people who live in Laos to speak their own country's language called Lao. How the fuck does something that goddamn retarded get pushed through and put into place for $20 million? I mean, by the way, is, is Lao's GDP that much? It's gotta be more than their entire country's net worth for Christ's sake. How can we not for that for $20 million in Lao's you should be able to buy new children that already learned the language and just put them in place there. Don't why bother teaching the children? You know what? Let them whatever language they already know. Just let, just you know ship them out to a country that speaks that language. I mean they must already speak it, right? It's their native tongue for Christ's sakes. And what what possible benefit could this have to Americans teaching them their own language? Are they a, are they a prominent trading partner with us? Is Laos our new uh, our new ally in the region? Are they the new Philippines? This it, is unbelievably stupid. And, and what benefit? What possible benefit could it have? Even economically, this is an agency for international development, I guess, to, to help other nations develop economically to get their industry crack a if they already speak the language, what's the point? You should be teaching them English or Chinese or German or some other industrialized nation's language so that they can trade and have somebody to, to use their industry for. Get that competitive advantage. Figure out what product you can make better than anybody else and then sell it for cheap and make your make your industry grow. Ungoddamn goddamn real How about this one? 16 million improving education in Egypt. In Egypt. Why do we care? Why do we give a shit about Egypt and their education system? If anything, shouldn't we want less education in other countries? I mean, if we're talking practically speaking, considering how crappy America is in our educational system ever ever since the Department of Education took over, wouldn't we want other nations to be worse? I mean, if anything, I'd be sending over textbooks with misspellings with the wrong facts in them. I'd have, I'd have bad advice, and bad health advice. You know, my food pyramid. Well, my food pyramid would look exactly like the government's food pyramid. It would, it would be. It would still be very wheat and bread heavy. You know, eighteen servings of wheat and bread a day. Everybody really pack that gluten in. I mean, Christ. Legitimately, though, we should be trying to hurt people's education in other countries, not help it. Then on top of that, of course, thirty-three million dollars for textbooks for students in Afghanistan. Now. I'm guessing most of those students in Afghanistan use those textbooks and kind of reinforce the ceilings of their houses. Maybe uh, build a fort out of it to stop the bombs falling on them that were constantly dropping. You know, maybe they're shoring up the walls of their house so that uh, you know United States troops don't shoot them, or maybe they're not cro- caught in the crossfire between the Taliban and uh, the Americans in the longest-running American war in history. I wonder if the textbooks say that. What do you think? You think the uh, Afghan textbooks that we send over there markedly note? that we've been there for the longest period of time in American history for any war and that there's still Americans dying there very recently. Like I think it was last week, several Americans died over there. So anyway, good job on Rand. Uh, I I do want to do another Rand pluses and minuses. It's been so long since I did one. And I know a lot of people may not even remember me doing them, but I go through and I grade it. Mark and I usually do them. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, have Mark on to do it again, but I need Randy pants hashtag Randy pants. Also a thing that we did. I need hashtag Randy pants to, uh, to start putting some bills out there, man. Maybe he'll like, uh, maybe he'll take the stand and, and say something to, they actually go through this impeachment shit in the Senate. So happy Festivus to Rand Paul. All right. Next story. Oh, this one. So this was cl- close to home. And I talked about this, this California bill passed called AB five and AB five. Essentially attack the gig economy. And the reason that it got put into place was pure cronyism. It was because the, the assholes in the California legislature wanted to attack Lyft and Uber. I'm sure under pressure from the taxi lobby uh, and, other, and other working groups. So they were attacking Lyft and Uber more than anyone else because they said that they had to treat their drivers as full-time employees. And then they had to give them health benefits. They had to give them you know all, all this other shit, all, everything you would expect for a full-time employee. Naturally. I predicted and it it was easy to predict anybody with half a goddamn brain can predict this, but I predicted. I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. All these people are going to be fired, you know, and not only in this industry, but if you limit the, if you say that people have working, I think it's over, you know, X hours a week or something. And, uh, and also they went after people that were like freelance writers, basically the entire gig economy got brought in under this. Like they had a limit now for freelancers writing articles of 35 articles a year. Now, if you're a, a uh, 1099 that is just billing by the story or you get paid out here and there, you know, this company doesn't want to pay you full time. There's an exceptional amount, especially in the internet age of writers operating under this system where they get hired by the article and they're essentially full time, but it is in a, in the guise of a gig. So this new bill made it illegal (laughs) for these companies to have writers submit more than 35 pieces a year. So what ended up happening is that not only, so Uber and Lyft, by the way, they're they're fighting against this, just to give a little more backstory. They're fighting against this. They're trying to take it to the ballot, which I hope it happens. And honestly, this is one of the things that contributes to what I think will be Californians actually waking up, seeing these taxes, seeing the rampant homeless, seeing the, the government go after these moronic uh, ways in which companies are operating that make all of our lives better. Because what's going to happen with the Uber and Lyft thing is once it gets into, into play, and it's going to take place this year, so I think as of January 1st, or maybe it's, 15 days into the year, what you're going to see happen is that all the lifts and all the Ubers are going to dry up because number one, half the people that are working for Lyft and Uber, they don't want to drive Lyft and Uber full time. That's the entire fucking concept is that you go on when you want, when you have free time, make extra money and then you log off and you go to your other job or you log off and do your day job or you do the, you know what you're trying to do here. And with LA, there's a lot of fucking the, The number of DJs, I swear to God, I've met in cars you know, actors, DJs, uh, staff members at at restaurants, retired people who are just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'll go make a few bucks. I want to get out. You know, I just don't feel like sitting around the house. There are very few full-time Uber or Lyft drivers. So what you're going to have, what you're going to have happen is that the very few full-timers will continue to be full-time, but the vast majority of the people are going to say, well, screw this. See you later. List list model doesn't work anymore under this guys because they have to pay so many more benefits and full time salaries to these people. So the costs for everything are going to skyrocket. You have less service; it's going to be surging all the time because there's less cars on the road, and the basic costs for everything are going up. Absolute idiocy. So then you have that. You have the, these all these gig people that are getting fired in mass. I think BuzzFeed uh, or Vox. Vox. Oh, this was the this was. The height of irony. Just absolutely hilarious. Vox put out a glowing article. How much they love this AB5. Oh, what a victory for the working class. Oh, then they laid off 200 people. <laughs> you bunch of goddamn hypocrites. They laid off 200 people. Fired them outright in California because they can't pay them. And Vox owns, you know, sports, uh, Sports Nation and uh, all these other like smaller sports blogs. Vox is more than just the behemoth uh, leftist asshole publication that we know and hate. They own a massive media empire of online entities. And all these people in California are now out of jobs. Out of jobs. Right. By, by the way, right in time for Christmas, right in time for the holidays. Merry Christmas from your legislature, everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. As I said, what you know, this was easily predictable, and it just shows you just how unbelievably ignorant the people that are elected into government here in California and the state are, and it's embarrassing, honestly. Who's running the city? Who's running the state? Who's running everything from top to bottom? Here is done in such a utterly blind, uh, placating manner with activism at its heart rather than logic rather than reason rather than economics rather than any other thing that would guide you to a place where it would make sense where it could be sustainable where it would lead to a good outcome none of that matters or comes into play here it's simply we hate what you're doing because we're a bunch of leftist assholes and we're going to attack it to the detriment of everyone And that's my state can't stand it can't stand you Oh, one more thing just to add in on the end of this is LAX, our horrible airport, what, hey, one of the most busy trafficked airports in the entire world, right? This holiday season, they had some like 200 million people were going to be coming through LAX and you can't even get into it. Like the freeway is backed up trying to get into this airport. And what they did now is so if you're lucky enough to, to fly into LAX and you're trying to go home or you're trying to go to your hotel or whatever it might be, they used to have a system wherein Uber and Lyft could pick you up on the bottom floor, right? And they had taxis available to pick you up on the bottom floor. The taxi lanes, you know, just like you see in all the other airports, it, they come right in, zip, zip, zoop. They had special lanes to get in and out of the airport just for taxis and buses. Good. System works. I would usually take a taxi when I got to the airport because it was just easier. So leaving LAX, I'd take a taxi if I wasn't getting picked up by my wife. What LAX decided to do was make an entire dedicated lot off-site that you have to take a shuttle to for all Uber and all Lyft And even though the taxis had a setup that fucking worked, they forced those people to also go to the extra lot. So yeah, you now cannot get any transport from LAX if you're not getting picked up by a loved one or by a a shuttle service to take you to a parked car or a rental service. You now have to wait in an exceptionally long line to get on a shuttle to go 15 minutes to another lot Then, when you're there, you wait another fifteen—or actually not fifteen. Then you wait another forty-five to fifty minutes uh, to get your Uber or your Lyft or your taxi, because now that lot's all backed up, and now you got to get there. You call, you wait, you arrive. It's a nightmare. I have no idea why they enacted this. They said they thought it would keep you know the congestion down, but all it does is create an incredible amount of anxiety, of ill will, and of—I mean, for me, at least, I live close to the airport, but my god if i landed i wait my baggage for you know 20 minutes for that to come out now i gotta shit over to a shuttle for 20 minutes then i gotta go to a parking lot wait for another hour by the time i get home if i'm living out in the valley or something you're two and a half hours deep whereas before you jump in a taxi after waiting for 10 minutes and you're home in a half an hour just absolutely asinine but you know what's not asinine the free man beyond the wall podcast over with our buddy Pete Quinones, Pete Quinonez, otherwise known as Mance Raider. Yeah, old Mancy Pants, hashtag Mancy Pants. Uh, Known for his memeing, known for his uh, weighing in on heavy libertarian issues, having great guests on his podcast. And of course, also is working over at the Libertarian Institute as the managing editor there. And he uh, regularly shares his articles in our Lions of Liberty forum as well. So he is a uh, contributor to ours, as well as his own. But I want to recommend you guys check that podcast out. If you haven't already, you've heard me talk about it. I encourage you to do so, especially it's a new year, new year, new podcast, right? That's what I say. That's my resolution. New year, new podcast. Uh, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that you can listen to. I feel like I'm doing a liquor. I'm like looking at my martini glass, talking about this podcast. There's a lot of podcasts, but for a smooth, easy podcast, pour. Check out Free Man Beyond the Wall. And that's at freemanbeyondthewall.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. So one thing I want to talk about real quick is this this, uh, confrontation that seems to be looming between Virginia, its police, and potentially its National Guard. Because Ralph Northam, you know, the governor Northam, old coon man himself, who was one of the enemies that do nothing man faced, by the way, a man who somehow still has a career, despite the fact that he was in blackface, despite the fact that he wants to literally kill babies after they have already been born and uh, allow the doctor to make a decision as to whether or not the baby should be allowed to live or not after it's already out of the womb, which is so sick and twisted. I can't even say it because I have a baby coming in two weeks, by the way, two weeks, guys. So, We'll see. maybe I'll get Howie to do a show for me when my baby comes, give me a week rest, but Northam's back, you know, and, and again, it's amazing. He has a career because if this was anyone on the right woke Twitter and everybody else say, you know, every politician would have called for him to resign. But of course the left has no, no logic when it comes to this. They have no uh, moral, normal grounds. They have no uh, stable base of real values. It shifts with whoever happens to be on their side or not. So of course, this monstrous uh, piece of garbage still in office. <laughs> no big outcry. But he's been talking about putting through new gun legislation and it would basically in, a, in a, just to sum it up they' you know, obviously banning semiotic rifles, trying to confiscate semi-automatic rifles or quote unquote assault weapons from people that own them, and mandating that people who own them register them so that well they say they're not going to do anything but oh. Maybe they'll come and take your guns because uh, now they know exactly where you are. So what's happening now is that we're seeing a couple things. Number one, in the new budget, they put in 250, I think it was like $250 million now. That seems like way too much. Hold on. Let me fact check myself here. Because we'll Sorry, $250,000. <laughs> it's like $250 Virginia is really, really doing great. Their economy must be bumping. Sorry, $250,000 the Correction Special Reserve Fund. And this is in order to, pro- to provide for, quote, the increase in the operating cost of adult correctional facilities resulting from the enactment of these gun control measures. This is Budget Bill HB 30. So what that means is that they're already gearing up to legitimately try to jail people. And now, of course, we're seeing people in Virginia, and, you know, we talk about the boogaloo. If you don't know what the boogaloo is, you should do a little research into that. But the boogaloo is, uh, in brief, a civil war of sorts. So you've got people there that are, obviously, they're, they're attached to their guns. Virginia is, despite the, the major city centers being blue, and this just recently happened, is still a pretty red state full of people that are more conservative-leaning, have guns, use guns, enjoy guns. And they've said flat out look we're not gonna we're not gonna stand for this. So Northam is talking about, oh maybe we get the National Guard in here because the local police departments and I'm reading this article on law enforcement today uh, by a uh, contributor Leah Anaya but talking about the Virgi- you know the Virginia police departments, these local departments are saying, look, we're not going to support these laws. we're not going to go door to door and and demand. People turn their guns over. And you heard us talking with this to whoops, to Sam Jacobs of Ammo.com on Felony Friday last week. And you know he was saying the sheriff's departments especially are saying, hell no. Hell no. And this is you know specifically this article quotes a man, uh, Sheriff Scott Jenkins from Culpeper County, made a public statement that he would, quote, screen and deputize thousands of law abiding citizens to protect their constitutional right, right to own firearms, which I think is a great way to get around this. But in mass, you're going to see people say, this, we're simply not going to stand for it. And if you're a cop, right? If you're a sheriff, do you really want to be going door to door to try to confiscate your neighbor's guns? Number one, incredibly dangerous. Number two, why would you want to have that mentality, that us versus them? And granted, I'm no big defender of cops, but at least you'd have to think they don't want to create a civil war mentality. They don't want to be going like in Nazi Germany door to door or in Japan and confiscating people's weapons risking that they get shot in the face, risking that a massive firefight could break out at any moment with these people. And it's just sheer madness. And here's another quote. I'm not the governor, but the governor may have to nationalize the National Guard to enforce the law. That's his call because I don't know how serious these counties are and how severe the violations of law will be. But that's obviously an option he has. That was from Representative McEachin, Donald McEachin, a Democrat, of course, who was saying, well, clearly the National Guard would be my go-to in the case that the police departments and the sheriff's departments reject these outright violations of basic civil rights. So again, we're going to see how this shakes out. I think that it's going to be something where Northam and the Democrats are going to have to back down over un- like just overwhelming public outcry. And once you've got departments like this speaking out, I don't see how you can push forward with this. I mean, bringing in the National Guard to fight against police and sheriff's departments now? Because that's what it'll end up being. That's, I mean, you are literally inviting a civil war to take place in your state. And I, I mean, in truth, I don't even think that would that would be permitted. Uh, I think that you'd probably see the federal government get involved and try to come in and stop that from happening. But we shall see. All I know is it is absolutely maddening that Northam still has a job. It's insane to me that after everything that's happened and this new gun law fucking civil rights violating bullshit that they haven't repealed him i don't understand how they haven't already put it in play how he hasn't been booted out of office boggles my mind okay next topic again we're going quick here guys we're going quick here uh i want to talk about little women because i've seen several stories now faulting men for not going to see little women of course. These are mostly written by, by women writers, but there's been several by men who are of the cuckolded variety, let's, let's say, you know, these guys that the sneaky peats that, uh, that pretend to be feminists just to desperately try to get a snatch at a boob once in a while. So one of these articles I was reading is on NBC news and here's the headline. This is a hot take, a think piece. Little women is an Oscar contender. Can it make men care about stories featuring women? And they say that for centuries, female-centered narratives and experiences have been seen as lacking in significance. This is changing, slowly. Now, number one, that's a fucking bullshit statement. It's absolutely untrue. Female-centric movies have succeeded predominantly throughout time. There's a reason they continue to make them. I mean, for fuck's sake, men don't go to see many rom-coms. A lot of these you know, female-led dramas, men don't see. Girls' trips movies, men don't see. They're aimed at a target demographic, which is women. Now, men should not be expected to automatically go, well, I really want to see a movie about uh, about a bunch of chicks living in, I don't even know, I, I've never read Little Women, full, full disclosure, I never plan on reading it. I hear it's a good book, I just, I have no interest. Nor should I be expected to, though, it's the thing. I mean, it's like, look, guys, I still haven't watched Breaking Bad, okay? I know, hate me all you want, don't at me, bro. But it's one of the things where, look, you can tell me it's good, great, uh, you know, if I don't have the time, if I don't have the interest, if I don't have you know, whatever myriad of reasons, maybe it just doesn't grab me, I'm not gonna watch it. And why should I be expected to watch a movie about, you know, what is it, chicks in the 1600s or how do you know when it takes place? 150 years after the book's publication. Okay, so there you go. Quite a long time ago, about women struggling against whatever. I don't know. I just don't care. I'm a man, I have different interests. I would prefer to watch comedies. Number one, I don't really want to watch a drama in general, even seeing like war dramas. You know, my wife wants to see 1917. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I guess, I guess so. But I'm a guy who likes comedies. I like action. Uh, I'll, I'll watch some horror. Once in a while, I'll watch a drama. But very few and far between. So it doesn't mean that I'm some sort of sexist woman hater or that women's stories lack significance that's just fucking stupid. What it means is that men and women, I'm sorry, trans people, men and women are different. They have different interests. They have different genders and they have different, uh, different guiding methods that that govern their brains and the way that they look at the world, the way that they look at what might be something that they spend time on and what they might decide. Eh, I'll leave that for another day. Maybe I'll get around to that later. And frankly, there's probably a reason that men-led stories are appealing more universally than female-led stories, and that's because maybe more women can get behind seeing an action or a comedy or whatever else because they they just are on board with that kind of content more than drama. Men just aren't that into drama. I mean, Christ, look at the basic male profile, right? The male persona tends to be a little bit less emotive, a little bit less uh, worried, a little bit less concerned with, you know, Whatever happened between this person and that person, whatever uh, emotions were felt in the day, we're more focused on problems and problem-solving and issues and getting, you know, just getting on with our lives. Dramas are not appealing, and as of right now, the majority of these stories are fucking dramas. So, no, they're not going to be interesting to men. So, stop fucking whining about it, and I want you to try writing something that would be appealing to men. Right, like, a uh, Bridesmaids, for example. Hugely successful. Love that movie! It was great. Instead of whining about a hundred fifty-year-old book that's already been made like three times, and stars people that men just don't really have an interest in. All right, next story. <laughs> uh, what's what's to be said about this? The FDA officially raises the tobacco buying age to twenty-one. Great. You've seen the memes about it, as have I. We can all name all of the things that you're allowed to do at age 18, and the government would mandate you to do, like, for example, getting drafted. But clearly, buying tobacco, smoking a cigarette, well, you can't do that until you're 21. How how can you be trusted? You can be trusted to have a firearm, to shoot and kill another man, wherever the government decides to send you to some irrelevant country, where you can die in the dirt with no friends, with no loved ones, after killing another human being, but fuck you if you want to buy a cigarette because vaping. Can you can you believe this? Vaping, which has helped millions of people stop smoking, a far more carcinogenic carcinogenic, carcinogenic <laughs> product, because and based upon science, it isn't even. Figured out yet that we can't really prove that vaping is killing anybody? A lot of the vaping illnesses that have happened are traced back to vitamin E oils or knockoff THC cartridges, not even marketed products from you know retailers that you'd see every day, like more black market. Somebody gave you a cartridge out of your pocket, but no. Let's go ahead raise the goddamn age for for all people everywhere. Even though only you know ten thousand cases of people getting a vaping illness compared to millions of people who had illness from regular smoking over the years but now no no now we've got to really move on this because somebody think of the children who are of course not really children because once you can go kill a person you're not a child anymore just (laughs) the world is getting stupider every single day but one thing i'll say this and then i'm going to bid you farewell and put on my do nothing man episode one thing that i will say is pete booty jidge old mayor butt stuff he has come around and said that we should decriminalize all the drugs. Now that doesn't make me want to support him in any way, although I do get into that. But he said in an interview with uh, the Des Moines Register that he would basically just be for decriminalizing to stop the incarceration of people, uh, you know, keeping families together, um, helping children stay out of the system, and uh, you know, really combating mass incarceration is where he's coming from, and so. You know, to that, I, I got to give him credit. You know, good job, Pete. I still disagree with almost everything else that you have to say. But on this one issue, he's pushing the boundary. Hopefully, you know, we talk about the Overton window. Hopefully, we can push the Overton window on this where people say, yeah, you know, we should decriminalize these things. Maybe they're not going to legalize them like we would prefer. Maybe they don't want to open up and have that market transparent rather than have it be a black market system. But this is a step in the right direction. I mean, goddamn, if we could just keep... I mean, I, half the population in prison is there for drugs and nonviolent crimes. Let those people free, man. Let them out. Help them boost the economy. Get them out there working. Give them a chance to succeed again. Wipe their, wipe their records clean. So there you go. Good job, Pete. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. I hope you enjoy Do Nothing Man episode four. Uh, the other three I released independently in the Lions of Liberty feed uh, over the months. So you can find those by looking back in your feed. But uh, yeah, that's it. Happy New Year. Sorry for the short show. I got caught with my pants down a little bit here. But hey, it's New Year's after all. I'm going to be dancing with pants off and a light shade on my head any minute. So for me, Brian McWilliams from the Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged into liberty. Welcome to the adventures
2: of Do Nothing Man and Logic Lad. Today's episode, The Terrible Tariffster. We join Do-Nothing-Man as he ambles down the stairs from his nothing napatorium in a soiled bathrobe. He makes his way to the kitchen, opening and closing the cabinet doors. Logic, lad, we've got less to eat <clears throat> here than those poor socialist bastards in Venezuela. Didn't you go to the market this week? Logic, lad, it's 11
0: a.m. Wake up! I'm up DM, I'm just I'm in the middle of something! Logic Lad,
2: get the fuck moving! The door swings open, and Logic Lad stands in an adult Dora the Explorer costume. Talking to someone else dressed as Carmen San Diego. Dios mío, chihuahua? I
0: guess you found her. It's not what you think. I'm cosplaying as Dora. It's not a trans thing, it's just good fun, you know? I putting on a costume, the pageantry. You make it yourself. I mean, I guess some people buy them, but where's the fun in that? Logic lad, you literally wear a costume all the time. That's
2: your job. So you put on another costume to have fun? This is like the zookeeper going home and fucking an orangutan. Leave it at work, guy.
0: What? Just get out. You always say if I'm not hurting anybody, then what is it your business anyway? What I do in the private sanctuary is my business. I'll drive you to the market. Just just let me change. Don't change on my account, little
2: buddy. We might have to go to the deli aisle, and I wouldn't want any of the potato salad to go unexplored. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That was my uh, do-nothing man belt. Still trying to work the kinks out. Don't know how Batman goes wrong without shooting shit all over the goddamn place. Anyway, I'll see you in the car. Several minutes later, Logic Lad emerges in his standard costume with its iconic emblazoned brain logo. There, let's go. you want to go to Happy Mart or discount drugs and more? I'm pretty set on drugs, Logic Lad. I just need some damn cereal and other shit to keep my amazing powers of nothingness on point. Our do-nothing duo make their way to the Happy Mart. But notice cars strewn about the streets, smoking, stopped in place as people cry on the hoods. Others in torn and dirty bedsheets wander through the neighborhood wailing like ghosts.
0: Bedding! Bedding and thread gowns. What are all these goofballs about, DNM? Their cars aren't working? Why are they all wandering around in torn-up sheets? Maybe they've been fucking through the holes like the Hasidic Jew. Wasn't there a sign filled on that? That seems like way too many holes for that, DNM, and Jews just aren't that horny. Except maybe Harvey Weinstein. God damn it, that's this belt again. I swear to God, the
2: last time. Hey, anyway, we're here. Let's get some Captain Crunch and Booberry. Captain Crunch and Booberry. Do-Nothing-Man leaps out of the car, sprinting through the doors of the Happy Mart, exploding glass and metal everywhere. Whoops, I'll pay for that. Didn't realize they were automatic and the sensor didn't work fast enough. Anyway, gotta get my corn pops on. But Do-Nothing-Man and Logic Lad are with a terrifying scene. The shelves are barely stocked. The vegetable aisle is empty, save for a couple of rotting tomatoes. People are rolling on the ground, fighting for the remaining processed goods. A woman stabs another woman in the eye over a finger-me Elmo doll. Ladies, please,
0: stop! She took the last toy in our state! I kept trying to buy toys, but the prices kept skyrocketing, and now there's nothing! And she took my eye! And Mexico is responsible for billions of dollars of our medical and optical devices? How will I live!
2: Logic Lad, give this poor woman your glasses. You don't need them.
0: No, I I really do need them, DNM. Not
2: anymore. Do-Nothing Man fires a laser beam straight from the head of his penis into Logic Lad's eyes, performing a beautiful dance of light and shaft, enabling laser eye surgery, and fixing Logic Lad's vision.
0: Take these glasses, I don't need them Do nothing man, why didn't you do this before? Because I wasn't aroused
2: by my libertarian sense of injustice Something is wrong here, logic lad Something is... terrifically wrong
0: (laughs) What the hell is that, do nothing man? I can't see it with my beautiful perfect eyes But I can hear something evil
2: Do-Nothing Man sees a box of peanut butter Captain Crunch on the top shelf. He reaches for it, eyes aglow with hunger and lust for the most delicious of cereals. But he feels a clawing at his leg. Please, Do-Nothing Man, help me, I'm so high, dude. Fuck, this is a classic bait-and-switch logic, lad. This isn't our evildoer, this is just some stoned layabout. Do you know me, little stoner?
0: Of course, man. You're my hero doing nothing, hurting nobody. You're the only hero I've got. All the other superheroes follow the law and will put me in jail for life for like smoking some plant. But dude, I need that crunch. <laughs> of
2: course, little stoner. Little stoner, little stoner, enjoy your crunch while you can, little stoner!
0: (laughs) Whoever said that ran out the emergency exit, DNM!
2: After him! Do-nothing-in-logic lad gun the do-nothing mobile into high gear, tearing straight ass down the highway after their prey until... They roll to a hole. So, just to recap, you didn't get my groceries, and you were too busy Dora the Exploring your own sexuality to upkeep the do nothing mobile. Is
0: that right? does that sum it up. I tried. I went yesterday, but all the parts were out of stock. I thought I would just wait a day. You know how'd I know we'd be in an adventure like tomorrow? Hey, I can help you. What's your need? Car pot? I have black market Chinese pot for you. Market feature car no problem.
2: Done, I'll
0: take it. What's the price? Only $6,000! Senor, un momento, por favor, $5,000! Do nothing, man. Do you realize what's happening here? We have a free market, black market bid off! This is amazing!
2: We could have this all the time, everywhere, out in the open, if not for this haze of high prices that's been bringing doom upon our heads. What is going on here? Whatever. You, Mexican guy. I'll take your part. The cheapest is the best for this guy. Not so fast. That's treason.
3: How dare you act against the American empire in a trade war? Don't you care about Americans?
2: Do-nothing man and logic lad finally see their opponent, the terrible tariff, sir! Emerges from the dust, an ancient creature that has been around hundreds of years but never dies.
3: If we allow these foreign devils to undercut American prices, we hurt people here! Territor! God damn you, why won't you die? I'll never die, no matter the economics. I am the siren song of the scared and stupid. Those who will never learn to code! The protectionists, the unionists, they are all slaves to the beating of the tariffster!
2: Did, Did someone, someone to say, to say a beating? The tariffster stares with an evil eye at the Mexican and Chinese merchant. They both shrink in size 25% shrieking. Ah,
3: yeah, yeah. I do, I do. Looks like your imports have been downsized shrimps. (laughs) And just to be sure, I win this time. I've raised an army to destroy you once and for all, do nothing man. Behold, the Steelworkers Union and their brethren, the United Automobile Workers.
2: Well-dressed zombies smoking cigars and wearing ascots, chanting union slogans approach while wielding hammers and sickles plus some sort of boat gun things that they use on the lines making the cars, I guess.
0: Oh, my God, there's so many. Well, I mean, not that many. I I guess... it's kind of actually a tiny portion of the U.S. populace to be causing such economic damage over the cost per household and the strife among the poorest people who really are impacted more than anybody about the, the rising prices of goods and and services. I'm not doing shit. You know, I've been doing
2: a lot lately. Not because I want to, because it was dropped in my lap. As usual. I'm done, man. been violating the NAP, but here... I think i gonna let this play out. Not worth nap violating over. Let's see how you like it, terrible tariffster. Would well, I do nothing? But, logic lad, I bet the consumers will do it for me. As if called forth by prophecy, an army of consumers a thousand times easily the size of the union worker zombie army descend from all directions.
0: I need cheap imports to feed my family! I don't want to pay $5,000 for a $500 TV! I broke my earbuds, I just want a $5 pair to wear on the plane, but the airport ones cost, like, 75 bucks! I like avocados from Mexico. Also, all of our rare minerals come from China. I can't get a new phone, like, ever.
2: The mob overtakes the Union zombies in a bloodbath. (laughs)
0: Look, it's a proof of that sort of violence!
3: I may have died do nothing, man, but I never do. I'll be back again and again and again and again.
2: Just then, the tariffster is distracted by a beautiful Mexican maiden. But wait, is that...
3: Hey, tariffster, want to go exploring with Dora Arriba?
2: The tariffster can't help himself. Drawn in by her affordable Mexican charms, he lunges at Dora, falling into a pit of isolationism that seems as black as it is bottomless. Logic Lad takes off his Dora the Explorer costume wig, as do nothing man gapes.
0: What are you so surprised at, DNM? It doesn't take the beauty of logic to have noticed that whenever someone hates something so publicly, they always love it privately. Our tariff-mongering nemesis pretends to hate the affordable goods that come our way from China, the Philippines, and Mexico, but flash them a little imported goods, and it's simply irresistible.
2: Oh, logic lad, I hope this isn't the last time your perversions save the day.
0: It's not a perversion. It's just good fun. Tune in
2: next time for the magnificent adventures of Do Nothing Man and Logic Lad when they take on something else. Do Nothing Man is written and voiced by Brian
0: McWilliams. The Ballad of Do Nothing Man, written and performed by Nick McCone.
1: Sits in a chair And it's not cause he don't care He just knows it's better off Without him It might be cool him. When we're done